This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tim's Day in the Obvious. In the last episode, we talked about my perspective on the global workplace 2023 report uh, with regards to employee engagement. In this episode, we're going to talk about stress and correlation to high engagement employee engagement countries and how we can help mitigate those stressors. So the North America region has about 52% of the people uh, that they surveyed stated that they're feeling stress majority of the day. Of this, 56% of them are managers, and 51% of the individual uh, of these people are individual contributors at work. So pretty much your frontline workers, anybody who's not uh, a manager, uh, says that works that work and the work environment makes them stressed. This is this is interesting um, because it doesn't matter whether the work location is remote, hybrid, or on site the results are the same. So there was a lot of uh, conversations over the last year about whether, uh, you know, people should be remote, whether it should be hybrid, whether it should be on site. And in fact, uh, there's a lot of conversations going on in Europe right now where they're talking about, you know, how to get more employee engagement because they actually are the least stressed out of all the regions, but they also have one of the lowest employee engagement results as well. So we can see the correlation to uh, high employee engagement and high stress and low employee engagement and low stress. Uh, so there's a there's a really big correlation there. And the, the number one telling correlation to that is uh, when Southeast Asia took over the number one spot and the U.S. dropped to number two, Southeast Asia became the number one uh, with the most stressed out workers and the uh, North American region became number two uh, when the North American region dropped to number two. Uh, so it's just very interesting to see that correlation there. But, you know, it's interesting because in 2022, uh, 80% of the workers say work-related stress affected their relationship with colleagues, friends, and families, according to the Mental Health American report. Uh, and according to the Corporate Wellness Magazine, uh, state of their workforce of 2022 states that employee mental health is at an all-time low, with 31% of their workers stating that their mental health has declined over the last year. Uh, and then 84% of those surveyed experienced at least one mental health challenge over the past year from issues such as stress or burnout, uh, which was diagnosable conditions including uh, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and PTSD. Uh, workers are saying that workload pressures are and unrealistic deadlines, increased responsibility, and a lack of support from leadership and management are the leading cause of this increased decline in mental health. To top it all off, you know, we have the highest regional percentage of daily stress and the second highest percentage of female employees who experience highly high daily stress. So another telling aspect is that 18% of the people that were surveyed stated that they had a lot of anger. It didn't matter whether it was a manager or an individual contributor level worker, they all had an increased amount of anger. So the increase in stress and other mental health issues comes the anger issue. Uh, people are getting angrier than they have ever been uh, since surveying people and measuring their anger has started. But why? 
what has changed in the world that people feel they are so stressed out and so angry? Is it the news? Is it social media? Um, is it the fact that everybody has a digital leash like their phone or an iPad or a computer and a constant 24-7 connecting us online and their bosses can reach out to them at any time and anybody can reach out to you at any given time for any reason. Um, and I used to remember there was a time where, you know, we wouldn't call someone's house after like 7.30 to 9 p.m.-ish. Like 9 p.m.-ish was like if you if they were family, then you would call them like at 9 p.m. Uh, but if it was like after eight, that was just rude to call somebody. Now you got people FaceTiming all the time and they have complete camera access into your face and your living room. And there's just so much bombardment um, with digital stuff and connectedness that you're so disconnected because you feel like you're connected through digital connectedness. And those are not the same. Or maybe is it because there's a decline in church attendance in North America region? You know, a side note, uh, if anyone scoffs at this, let me just tell you something here real quick. There's something to be said that when a common group of people gather around each other for the sole purpose of supporting each other through hardships and other people share your hardships and that then lessens yours. There, there's a reason why in marriage, the Bible states that your sorrows are halved and your joys are doubled. So if you take this same application and apply that to the church, the same is true. You have more of a support system. Uh, and we're going to talk about support systems later on down the road. But I would say uh, that is a significant support system in society that has been eroded away and thus we're seeing the results of that. Whether you like religion or not, uh, just Take that into an aspect of when a common group of people are gathered around together for, you know, to support each other and to help each other, then your your burdens are lessened a little bit. People do help you through it and you're not alone. Um, I think a lot of the anger comes from people feeling alone and stressed and like nobody, they have no one to turn to or nowhere to go and nobody understands their problems because as connected as we are. We're not really connected in any way. Uh, but, you know, back to the topic in hand, I know I just kind of digressed on that one. Uh, but we know that more people are stressed. We know that people are saying that work is the major contributing factor to their stress. Uh, we know that people state that their that leadership roles stress them out and just slightly less than non-leadership roles stress them out as well. So we just can't say, well, stop working because that just doesn't work. We all have to make a living. We all have to put food on the table and clothes on our backs and on our kids' backs and provide basic shelter. So we can't just not work. Uh, but what we can do is we can manage um, how we deal with the human condition and how we deal with stress on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm going to offer up four things and kind of go into them a little bit on how we can do, reduce stress levels, right? So the first thing I'm going to say is you need to invest in yourself and your mental well-being. Uh, and about 20% of Americans state that they never engage in any activity to reduce stress or to manage their stress. And I will offer up that if you do not do any type of stress management, it is going to wreak havoc in your life and it will come out at some point in time in a way that you don't want it to. Uh, it's just a natural fact. And you can say, well, I've been 40 or 50 years and I've been fine. You're not. Um, just letting you know you're not. You're probably not. Uh, so here are some uh, proven techniques to help reduce stress. And when we talk about mental well-being, um, I'm really talking about your state of mind. All right. So when we exercise is the first one. Um, exercise, exercise, exercise. Whether it's walking 
or lifting weights or putting on your headphones and listening to your favorite music and just kind of going with the flow. Anything that gets your blood pumping, anything that gets your your sweat going, your muscles moving, your brain activating, and it causes a spike in dopamine. Natural good dopamine, not the other dopamine we're going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, which is negative dopamine, uh, but it's a good eustress on your body. It's a positive stressor on your body and on your mind, and it releases that pent-up negative stress that you got going on. Um, And so whatever you can do to exercise, whether it's walk or, you know, run, whatever it is that you do, try to exercise because that will help you decrease your stress. The other thing we can do is listen to music. Um, Listening to music is a good way to reduce stress, but you have to pick the right kind of music to reduce stress. Don't pick music that's going to increase your stress. Uh, And for whatever it is, you can just, whatever you enjoy listening to and whatever you know naturally lowers your heart rate, listen to that uh, when you feel stressed out or throughout the course of the day. And that will help bring your your rhythm of your body uh, back, in, back in sync. And the last one is, you know, breathing techniques. Uh, I've talked about this before, but I'm really going to harp on it again. So if you find yourself in a really, really stressful environment and you just had like you've got meeting after meeting after meeting and you got to go to another meeting, you got to talk to lots of people, you got a lot of things going on. Let's say you're just feeling really, really stressed out. People are telling you one thing after another and you're just like, I cannot get a break. The best thing to do is just, you know, you can do the, you could do this from your cubicle. You could do this anywhere, especially if you're listening to music and you got some headphones on. Uh, one thing I do is I pull up my Fitbit app and I pull up a uh, breathing technique on there. And it's literally a five to 10 minute technique. And if you just kind of position your body in the chair, right, tune out everybody else, put your headphones on, stare in a direction that no one can see you and you just breathe. And you just take a deep breath. And you just let your body relax. And you just think about the position of your feet on the floor. You think about the position of your hands, of where they're at. You just kind of just loosen the tension in your, in your shoulders. And you just kind of take a really deep breath in through your chest. And you just let it out. Doing that for about a minute to two minutes, closing your eyes, you will be surprised at how much calmer you feel, about how less stressed you feel, and everything coming at you just kind of like fades away. It just slows down. And that's a good thing. And if you can do just that, it doesn't, and I'm offering this up as a technique because it doesn't take much. 20 minutes of exercise, a couple minutes of listening to music, and a couple minutes of breathing a day, you're going to find yourself decreasing in stress naturally. And it starts with what's going on between your brain. What's going on between your left and your right ear, in your your head, you got to start there. 
You got to sharpen your mind and you got to figure that part out. And if we don't take some personal accountability for our own actions and acknowledge how we feel when we feel them, then we're never going to get past uh, being stressed out and getting better. So the first step in problem solving is identifying that there's a problem. So if you feel like you're stressed, admit I'm stressed, try one of these techniques. You'll see a huge difference uh, in how you feel. So the second thing I'm going to offer up is to do a dopamine detox at least once a week. Right. So we know that uh, doing a dopamine detox um, is known as also known as like a dopamine fast. It's a concept um, that came from psychology and neuroscience. It involves taking a break from activities that stimulate the release of dopamine and the neurotransmitters associated with pleasure and reward. Right. So the goal is to reset your brain's reward system to reduce the dependency on instant gratification activities like social media, video games, junk food, and other addictive behaviors. Because here's what I will tell you with the exercise, right? When you do exercise, your brain does release dopamine. It's just not as as a heightened level as when you play a video game or when you get that like on social media or when you go on somebody else's social media and you, and you hit that other like. Um, there is something about those things with the instant gratification activities that puts your dopamine levels super, super high. And we have to reduce those to get back into normal dopamine levels. So that's why we say do a dopamine detox, right? So how do we do that? Because it's very, very hard to do that. So what I would say is you need to pick a day, you need to plan your day around it, and you need to choose a very specific day in a period where you have complete control over your time. And it's important that you commit to that time frame and avoid any activities that could trigger an instant gratification spike in dopamine response. Um, so, for instance, reading. Reading increases dopamine, but it does not increase it to the extent that watching a TV show does. It just doesn't do it. Your body knows that reading is good for you. Um, but the good thing is, is once we lower our dopamine levels over time and we start doing detox, we will actually prefer those activities with longer lasting dopamine gratification than the instant gratification of dopamine. Um, and it's a very, very big thing uh, that we need to take a look at. Uh, so we need to identify all the dopamine triggering activities that could potentially happen that you want to avoid during uh this detox. So this may include social media, video games, television, excessive internet browsing, shopping, or any other activity that gives you an immediate sense of pleasure. Um, and for some people, if that is, uh, you know, something that is sexual in nature, you might want to refrain from that as well. Uh, you also want to disconnect from any digital distractions, right? You want to turn off your smartphone, log out of social media accounts, and avoid using any digital devices during this detox. This will minimize exposure to dopamine triggering content and giving you a better result in lowering uh, increased levels of dopamine. You want to engage in mindful activities. Instead of dopamine inducing activities, focus more on activities that are more mindful and calming pursuits. This include activities like, like I said before, reading a book, going for a walk, practicing meditation, practicing mindfulness exercises, writing in a journal, or engaging in a creative hobby. Like maybe you like to do woodworking. Maybe you like to, um, you know, do forging. I like this uh, TV show. I know we're, we're talking about TV shows when we shouldn't be, but, uh, 
um, it's forged in fire. If you want to start working with metal and being a blacksmith, you know, that is something that is a creative hobby that you can do. And then the other thing we want to do is we want to connect with others personally and not over a digital device. So we want to spend time with friends or family or loved ones in person to have you know, meaningful conversations, building social connections can be positive and a fulfilling experience during your detox uh, session, because it is, um, when you meet with other people and you talk to them in person, it is a increase in dopamine, but it is not a significant amount of increase, uh, based off of studies, right? Then we want to take care of our physical health, right? We want to pay attention to our physical well-being by exercising, eating nutritious meals, and getting enough sleep. Uh, Taking care of our bodies is a huge part of our overall mental state. I will say the more physically fit I am, the more the more better my mental state is overall. I feel better about myself. I feel better about my environment. I feel just better in general. And so therefore my mind is better in general. Uh, so make sure that during this detox day that we plan our food out, that we avoid junk food and we eat nutritious meals that are good. And then sleep, plan sleep. If you're not getting eight plus sleep hours of sleep a night, and I know many of us are not, I know I don't, I probably get about between four and six a night. Uh, but if you're not getting eight, try to give yourself eight hours of sleep during that detox period and you'll notice a huge impact, right? Then the last thing that we can do during this phase is reflect and journal uh, throughout the detox, you know, period. Reflect on how you feel. What are you feeling? What are your thoughts? And what are your experiences? And consider this journaling as a way to express your emotions and document insights. And you can track your progress over time as you do this dopamine detox. You might find that the first one is incredibly hard, uh, and you may only get through half the day. And then you say, you know what? I did the best I could. Next time, I'm going to get through the whole day. And you write that down, and you hold yourself accountable to it. Uh, you know, this is a personal experience. It's an, and it's a, essential that we. Take tailor it to our personal needs. You know, gradually reducing the reliance on dopamine triggering activities and finding a healthy balance will lead to a more mindful and and intentional approach uh, to our daily life. And if you have any concerns about your mental health or addiction, uh, please contact a mental health professional and talk to them about those things. I'm not saying that we need to uh, not address them. What I'm saying is, is that you need to realize that you have a problem and go seek help uh, from a mental health professional. So the third thing that we can do is we can develop a support system. So I talked about this earlier on in the episode, but developing a personal support system is critical uh, for overall well-being and having a network of individuals who can provide emotional support, guidance, and encouragement. Um, and encouragement, right? And, and studies and surveys have shown that this has a tremendous impact on a person's stress levels. And if you can share some of your stress with somebody else and they can share some of theirs with you, it reduces your stress. You know, so the first thing in developing a support system is address your needs. Understand what areas you need support in. Consider your emotional and mental and practical needs. You know, do you require someone to to listen and offer some empathy for you? Do you need someone who can provide advice or help with specific things or challenges that you're working with? So you kind of need to think about, okay, what, what do I need help with? And then you need to identify potential sources of support. So if you're looking uh, for existing network of your friends and families and colleagues, then that would be a great place to start. Identify people who you trust and feel comfortable with and opening up to. And then you might want to consider joining social groups and churches and community groups and organizations uh, that are based around your interest or hobbies. 
And, and these provide opportunities for you to meet new people with shared values and experiences, which is really, really good that we need to surround ourselves around people with shared values. Uh, because the last thing we want is when we're stressed out is to have somebody with a different value set adding to your stress because you two just don't have the same values. And that's okay. It's okay to recognize that. So then we need to cultivate relationships, right? We need to actively nurture relationships with individuals that you've identified that, hey, I want these people to be in my support system. I need You need to start conversations with them, uh, schedule time to spend with other people, engage in activities that strengthen that connection on a interpersonal level and in person so you can build a support system. And it takes time and it takes effort. Effort. Um, to invest in meaningful interactions that show genuine interest in others. You don't just want to develop a support group of what you can get out of everybody. Um, so there, there's a reason why my uh, support and friend group is very, very small is because it was at the point where everybody just wanted something. And, you know, eventually you just get tired of giving. So you reduce your, uh, your, your, your circle right but we also want to be open and honest we want to make sure that we're sharing our thoughts our feelings and our concerns with our support system and being vulnerable to others to understand and empathize empathize with us uh, is hard it's incredibly hard but you have to make sure that you pick the right people that you know that you can be vulnerable with um, don't if you're you know, kind of building your support network and your friend network, don't be vulnerable to anybody because there are people be out there who will take advantage of you. Uh, so you want to make sure that you fully understand and check your circle and trust uh, the people in your circle before you become completely vulnerable. And when you do, it, it, it deepens that friendship and it deepens that trust and support of each other. Right. And then if you have a hard time with certain things and you're like, you know what, I just need professional help for my support system then go ahead and get that. Like, seriously, honestly, go ahead and get that. It's okay. Not everybody can help everybody, and not everybody can relate and understand to what you may be going through. And I would also offer up that maybe a therapist and a counselor may not be able to relate to who you're going through. You may have to go to three or four of those uh, people and the professionals to get to the right one. So I would just offer that up. And then also, just in general, we need to offer support to others, right? So when we're building a support system, this is a two-way street. It's not just a one-way thing, right? And we've all had friends with everything's very one-way, and we don't want that. So we got to be willing to offer support and give support as well. And then we need to actively listen to people and provide encouragement and offer assistance when we need to. Encouragement, right? We need to provide encouragement to each other. We can't just be take, tearing everybody down. Uh, there's no point in that because we may want to feel better about ourselves so it's easier to point out everybody else's flaws uh, we need to be there to encourage one another and not to tear them down so lastly i'm gonna say this employers have the responsibility of tackling reducing stress and burnout while also combating the stigma surrounding mental health in the workplace. According to survey data, employers may need to make an effort uh, to support mental health, and they're showing a positive effect when they do. Uh, but with that said, mental health resources remain underused, and individuals who do take the time off to use mental health reasons often conceal the real nature of why they're going to go get mental health from their employers like they say oh i got a disc appointment but it's really dental health oh i gotta help a family member but it's really mental health oh i gotta do this but it's really mental health because there still is that stigma uh, behind it even though people say there's not right we need to overcome this stigma so that way we can you know provide healthy work environments fostered by empathetic leaders who openly discuss mental health you know it's stress is hard and we just need to 
make sure that we are managing stress in a positive way. I will also say on the employee engagement side, if everybody pulls their fair share of the weight, then overall stress can be reduced. You're never going to eliminate stress. There's there's positive stress that we need to induce on people, and then there's negative stress that we do not need to induce on people. So let's take a look at how we can reduce overall stress while still increasing employee engagement. There is a fine line between taking care of people and making sure we get the most work out of them. And we got to make sure that we understand people are first and that without people, we will never, ever, ever be able to reach our goals and objectives without people. Nobody does anything by themselves and nobody does it alone. It's impossible. So that's what I'm going to offer up to you. We need to make sure that we take care of ourselves with personal accountability and, and, and realize when there's a problem. We need to take the steps to do re, um, stress reducing activities. We need to make sure that we develop a support group as well uh, to make sure that we can continue to keep going even when uh, the marathon seems longer in work. So as always, I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but before we go, if I would like to ask a favor of you, if I could, if you could please share this episode with one or two people who you think would like this topic. If you haven't followed or subscribed on the platform you're listening to this on, please hit that button and that alert icon so you know when we have a new episode out. I do not want to waste your time uh, kind of searching for new ones. So if you hit those icons, you'll know as soon as we have a new content for you to put out there. Also with that, if you go to timstatingtheobvious.com, uh, we have a blog post that we're, we're doing every two weeks on there in conjunction with uh, the most recent episodes on there. I also have a professional reading list on there that if you want to take a look at that, you can click on it and you can know what the book is about. You could also click on the hyperlink. It'll take you to Amazon where you can buy the book. I uh, want to help you be better in any way that I can and add value to you. Uh, so if you got any type of uh, value out of this episode, if you could leave a review so that other people who may not have found this episode can find it and then also get some value out of it. I would really appreciate that. Thank you for stopping by and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.